This week, we're again learning from the life of Jabez, who is determined to see his life change and pray to God for a better future. This message is the 11th in the series, Pray. The message is entitled, How to Pray for Your Future, Part 2. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Grab your Bibles, your teaching sheets, if you will, as we turn our attention to this last message in our series we've been involved in this summer. This is the 11th message in the series called Pray. We've been talking about how to improve our prayer life and how to continue to develop that as a part of our spiritual journey. There was a time when Jesus was on earth and one of his disciples came to him one day and said, Lord, would you teach us to pray? We want to understand how to pray. And Jesus said, pray like this, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus gave us what we know to be the Lord's Prayer. When Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer, perhaps we think it was just something to remember, something to recite, something to say at special times or as a part of liturgy and a service. But I believe that Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer really as a pattern for prayer, a way to pray in life. That we're to start our prayers with time with God, honoring Him. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be Your name. That we spend some time honoring and blessing and praising the name of the One who is our good and loving Father. And then we move from that into this, give us to, to this part of may Your kingdom come and Your will be done in our lives. We want to synchronize, Lord, our life with Your life. And then praying that God would give us our daily bread. That as those needs that we have, we'll articulate those to God. And then moving into our relationship with God and one another. Forgive us our debts, God. those sins that we committed against you and help us to forgive others and then into that final stage of prayer where we're praying for protection lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever amen when you begin to look at the lord's prayer as much more than just a sequence of words that you recite but help to begin to understand that they help you to have a pattern of prayer it changes everything And as you begin to grow in prayer, not only using the Lord's Prayer as a pattern, but also beginning to realize that God extends and grows your prayer life, one of the things that you will realize is that it's important to pray for your future, that God has a future for you, that there's something ahead for your life today. I don't know what your future is. For some of you, your future may be another day, it may be another week, it may be another month, it may be another year, it may be another decade, it may be five more decades. None of us know how long we're going to be here on earth, but everyone has a future. As long as you are alive and breathing, there's a purpose for your life and a plan that God has for your life. You have a future. And wherever you are today, God wants to move you toward that future. And there are things in your life today that might hinder you from experiencing the fullness of the future that God has in store for you. And so it's important to learn to pray in the present for what God wants to do in your future, to pray today for those things that God would want to do in your life in your tomorrows, to be prepared in prayer. And in the Bible, we find the story of a man who prayed his way into his future. It's an amazing story found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. There are only two verses about this man in the Bible, but these two verses are extremely telling. And the name of this man is Jabez, and his story is found, as I said, in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, two verses, verses 9 and 10. Let me read you the story of Jabez. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. 
Jabez cried out to the God of Israel as he's praying now, Oh, that you would bless me. That is, as I go from here into my future, I'm praying that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Lord, as I'm moving from my now into my future, that you would enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And the Bible says that God granted his requests. Let's take a look at the life of Jabez just for a moment before we really dive into his prayer. Jabez was given this name in the Hebrew. The name Jabez means pain or you are pain. That's literally what it means. And for some reason, when he was, when he was born, his mother evidently have gone, had gone through some kind of trauma, either physically or emotionally, surrounding the birth of Jabez. And so she named this little boy, this little baby boy, she said, you're Jabez, you're a pain, you caused me pain. And so he grows up his entire life labeled by this statement, you are nothing more than a pain in the neck. You're just a big set and dimension of pain. All I think about when I see you is pain. I mean, you know that your mother doesn't like you very much if she names you pain. So here's the situation where he's resented by his mother. And when you begin to study the life of Jabez in the Bible, again, these two verses, you begin to realize around these two verses, there's no indication of there ever being a father in his life. Obviously, he, was, he had a father, but we don't know anything about him. And so it would seem as though he was perhaps raised in a fatherless family. And so he's got a mother that doesn't like him, calling him pain probably a dad that's absent from the family or certainly not very involved in the family at all. And he had a group of brothers the Bible refers to as being dishonorable because it says that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, which means that they were a dishonorable lot. And so I want you to think with me for a moment the kind of environment that this young man grew up in, surrounded by the resentment of his mother, most likely dealing with the absence of a father, dealing with brothers that are dishonorable in nature and perhaps have ostracized him from the family. He's living a life that feels very cursed. He's he's living a life that feels very small and very limited. He's living a life that feels very weak. He finds himself in a very difficult set of circumstances, and he's growing up in this environment. But there's one day that something happens to Jabez. We don't know the day on the calendar. We don't know exactly what motivated him to do this or when it was. But there was this moment in Jabez's life when he he sort of woke up one day and said, I don't want my life to be like this forever. I am sick and tired of living my life this way. I'm tired of my life being cursed. I'm tired of my life feeling as though it's limited. I'm tired of feeling so weak in my life. I'm tired of life the way it is. I want my future to be different. I'm not going to settle for what it has been. I want my life to be changed, and I believe there's a God who can change my life. And so Jabez prayed a prayer out of the midst of his pain and out of the midst of his sense of being cursed. And he prayed a prayer that forever changed his life and brought him to the pages of the Bible that we're studying today. Let me sort of digress for a moment and talk about you. Maybe there's some of you here today that when you look at your life and you're thinking about your present, you think about the things in your life that cause you to sometimes feel a bit cursed, maybe the environment you grew up in or the situation that you find yourself in in life, or maybe some of the mistakes that you've already made in life that make you feel cursed at times and maybe less than the best that you could be. And maybe you feel like Jabez did as though your life has been pretty small to this point and kind of limited and weak. And you look at yourself and say, I don't want my life to continue to be this way. I don't want to continue into my future the way my present or my past has been. And the good news is it's just like God answered and responded, responded to Jabez, God will answer and respond to you if you'll cry out to him. 
And I'm going to remind you of that several times today, that the same God who helped Jabez in the midst of his situation as he prayed his way into his future is the same God that can help you. And Jabez prayed this amazing prayer. He prayed a prayer that started with, oh God, I'm asking you to bless me. The reason he prayed for blessing us is because he felt cursed. And then he prayed, God, I'm asking that you would enlarge the territory of my life. I feel so small. I'm asking that you would take where I'm at now and make my life bigger. I'm tired of living in such a sense of constraint with my life. And then, God, I'm asking that you would let your hand be upon me. The hand of God represents the strength of God. And so he's identifying with weakness. He's saying, I I need to find some strength from you, God, in my life. And God, I'm asking you to please help me to be protected from harm. It seems that as I've grown up, harm was all around me. Everybody was trying to do me harm from my mother to my dad to my brothers. It seems as though I was threatened on every side. And God, would you free me from pain? I'm tired of living a life of pain. And this motivated Jabez to pray a very desperate prayer to God. He made a big decision to say, I believe that God can change my present so that my future is different than what I'm experiencing in my life right now. He asked God to reverse the curse in his life. And God responded, God answered, God granted his request. We talked last weekend about the story, and we talked about the power of Jabez making that important decision that he was going to be done with the things that were diminishing and destroying his life. We talked about the fact that he also made the decision to be honest with God about where he was, and you see raw honesty in Jabez's prayer. I'm going to share with you two more things today that I think will be valuable lessons for you. If you want to move from where you are today into a better future that God has for you, there are two things to remember that will help you on this journey as we learn from Jabez. And the first point today is this. You and I need to tell God and to tell others what you're targeting for transformation in your life. Tell God and tell others what you're targeting for transformation in your life. I want to talk just for a moment about the word transformation. The word transformed means to be changed in condition, in nature, or in character. When something is transformed, it is one way, one moment, or in one season, and then by reason of a process, there is a change in the condition, a change in the nature, a change in the character of something, a transformation. And Jabez is praying for a transformation in his life. Can I ask you, what do you need to see transformed in your life? Where you are today, if you're going to move from where you are in your now to the future God has for you, what needs to change? What needs to be transformed in your life? And you and I need to be honest with God about this and to pray the prayer, a similar prayer to what Jabez prayed. Let me read it for you again. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And here's the promise, and God granted his request. This is Jabez's prayer. He prayed this to God. And what he did was he turned his problems into prayer. If you're honest in your life right now, all of us have things that need to be transformed in our present that will help us to move to the future God has for us. And part of the way that we get there is by being able to take the issues that that we're facing in our life right now and honestly to God, say, God, this is what's going on in my life. I'm going to turn these problems into prayer because what we tend to do with our problems is we, we think about them, we moan and groan over them. 
We agonize about them. We get anxious about the problems that are in our life. But what God says is, I want you to take your problem circumstances, the things that are holding you back, and I want you to bring them to me to turn your problems into prayer. And for many of us today, this is going to be the turning point because whatever it is that's holding you back right now in your life, this can be the day that you begin to bring it to God. And when you do, as you turn your problems to God, He's going to hear and He's going to answer. But you not only need to tell God about your problems and pain, but it's also helpful to tell somebody else as well. Jabez not only told God about his problems, but he also told someone else. How do we know that he told someone else? Because we have the record in our Bible. The record in our Bible would not be here had Jabez not shared this burden with someone else. He told someone about the prayer that he prayed. He invited someone into his problems. He invited someone into his pain. And I will tell you that one of the major turning points for your life is when you and I can get honest enough with God and honest enough with other people to say, you know what, I've got some issues going on with me that will hinder me from being all that God wants me to be, and I need you to pray with me about the transformation that I need in my life. We need one another. We need each other's prayers. We need the support of one another. It's a powerful thing when you're able to not only say to God, I need you, God, but also you say to a brother or sister in Christ, I want you to be a part of my life and my world, and I want you to bear this burden with me as I bear your burdens with you. And that's really what the church is. The church is not a building you go to. A church is a family you belong to. Are you hearing that? A church is not a building that you go to. No building will make a church. But what makes a church is a family of people coming together that will say to one another, I care about you and I'm concerned about what's going on in your life. And and I know that you're concerned about what's going on in my life. And let's share one another's burdens. Let's engage as community, as family with one another. Let me know where you're hurting so that I can support you in prayer. And let me share where I'm hurting so you can support me in prayer. Because the church is not a museum for saints. It is a hospital for sinners. It's a place where you and I can get well, we can find restoration. And every one of us here today, if we're honest, we're broken in some way. There's not a single one of us here that has our life completely together. People sometimes get upset with the church. Well, the church, not just our church or any any church, well, you know, there's problem. People have problems. Well, yeah, of course. There's no perfect church. Why? Because there are no perfect people. If you ever find a perfect church, please do not join it because you will ruin it immediately, okay? As soon as you join it, okay? It doesn't exist. What a church is never meant to be a place where everybody is perfect. It's meant to be a place where people are in the process of being healed and made whole and restored and their lives are being put back together again because we're doing this thing together. Don't do life alone. Do it with people. That's why here at our church we have things like life groups, small groups where people come together and they pray with one another and support groups that we have here where people who are going through specific things like cancer or divorce or a variety of things, financial issues in their life, uh, celebrate recovery where people are dealing with addictions, hurts, habits, and hang-ups, all these kinds of things. Why do we have them in the church? Because we want you to get connected with somebody else that can support you through the things that you're walking through in life. So you'll have prayer support in your life. You can pray for someone else, and someone else can pray for you. And Jabez not only told God about his issues, he also brought somebody else into his world. We would not have this record in the Bible had Jabez not told someone else about the prayer that he prayed and invited someone else into his world. The Bible is very big on us living in community. 
And let me just echo again as a side note very quickly. I want to really encourage you to be with us next weekend, all of our campuses, as I start a new series of messages called From Me to We. God wants you to live not a me life. God wants you to live a we life. And that's not with two E's. That's with one E, okay? We, together, okay? God has a plan for our relationships, and He wants to teach us how to engage with one another. And so we're going to talk about that as we go through this series. And I want to encourage you to be a part of it, especially for married couples and families, or if you're perhaps planning to get married or one day want to get married. This is all valuable stuff for you. We'll talk about all the dimensions of family life. But it's, it's, God calls us to live a life in connection with other people. Listen to Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. It's on your notes. Take a look at it. What's the very first word in Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9? What is it, church? Not one, but two. Two is plural, right? Notice it says two are, what's the next word there? Better than one. Please note that. Two are better than one. If you're living a one life, that is, you're living life on your own, you don't have anybody else in your world, there's a better way to live. And the better way to live is in community with other people. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. That is, they get more done. More is accomplished in life when we're working together. Jesus made this statement in Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 and 20. He said again, Jesus' words, again, I tell you, if, what's the word again? two of you. Notice it's plural again. If two of you on earth shall agree or agree about anything you ask for, it will be done by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. There is power and connection with people. There's power when you openly, when you open up your life to someone else and say, I need you to support me in prayer. There's some issues that I need to see transformed in my life. Would you believe with me together that God can help me move beyond this, and would you allow me to be a part of your world praying for you as well? Jesus said there's power in that kind of prayer. James 5, 16 says, therefore, confess your sins to what? Each other. Well, we don't like that part, do we? Okay. Confess your sins to each other and then pray for each other so that you may be, what's the next word there? Healed. Notice this, there's healing that happens when we connect in community. We open our lives with one another. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and it is effective. Can I ask you again, what needs to be transformed in your life? Right now where you are, to get you where you need to be in the future, what needs to change in your life? You need to tell God about it. Turn your problems into prayer and bring somebody else into your world that will support you in the process and someone that you can support in their process as well. It's not just taking, it's also learning to give. The second thing I'd like to share with you today that will help us to move forward to our future and pray our way there is to expect, when you do this, to expect something wonderful to happen. Expect that when you begin this process, you expect that something wonderful is going to happen. Did something wonderful happen in Jabez's life? The Bible says that God granted his request. He said, God, here I'm at right now. I feel cursed, but I'm asking you to bless me in my future. I feel small, but I'm asking you to enlarge me in the days to come. God, I feel as though I'm so weak, but I'm asking that your hand would be upon me so I'll find strength. God, I feel like all I've known in my life is people trying to harm me, but I'm asking that you would protect me now from harm, and would you free me from pain? And the Bible says that God granted his request. God responded to the cry of Jabez. 
The reason I believe that God responded to Jabez's cry is because Jabez believed that God would answer him. He expected God to respond. That word expect is a very important word. I want to talk about it just for a moment. Expect. We use that word in lots of different ways. We talk about expecting things to happen, anticipation. It's also used when a lady is about to give birth or going to give birth to a child. We will say that that lady is expecting, right? The baby isn't here yet, but the baby's coming. There's something inside the womb of that, 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 that mother-to-be that is forming, that child is forming and growing, and there'll come a, a birthday, if you will, a day that that child will be given birth and brought into the world. But from the moment of conception, there's the expectation of the child's birth. She will declare, I am expecting. And I believe that that's the way we ought to pray, that when you and I pray, there ought to be an expectation that God is going to answer. And when we pray, we say, I am expecting God to respond. I'm pregnant, if you will, with the possibility of what God's about to do in my life. In a very real way, every person here today, when you pray a prayer like Jabez prayed, you can pray and add to it these words. Now, I'm expecting that God is going to answer. I am pregnant with the possibility of what God is going to do with my future. There's nothing more powerful than the anticipation of something that's about to be birthed in your life. Amen? That baby is on the way. I want to tell you that when you begin to pray like Jabez, you can live with the anticipation and the excitement. It may not be here yet, but it's coming. It may not be here yet, but I'm expecting an answer on the way. I am living in anticipation and expectation of God's answer. Jabez believed. He expected God to answer. Let me share with you some things that that I believe were going on in Jabez's life as he prayed this prayer. He had four points of belief, I think, that you and I need as well. These are on your notes. I'm going to ask you to read them together with me, aloud and loudly, if you will. Here we go. Number one, Jabez prayed because he believed that God, read with me, he cared about him. He believed that God really cared about him. And I want you to know today that you can pray the same kind of prayer that Jabez prayed because God cares about you. Do you believe that today, that God actually cares about you? He knows you by name. He cares about you as a person. You're not just a number to God. You're not just someone down here on planet Earth. No, God cares about you as a person as he did for Jabez. Second of all, he believed, Jabez believed that God, read with me, he cared about thee issues that were diminishing and destroying his life. He believed God cares about the stuff I'm going through. God not only only cares about you, he cares about the issues that are holding you back right now. He looks at your life and he cares about those things that are diminishing you and destroying you in some way. He cares about those issues. Everybody has them. Everybody has issues in their life. And Jesus cares about each one of those. And then Jabez believed that God, read with me, had the power to help him break these curses and overcome these issues. The same God that had the power to help Jabez has the power to help you. God is not limited in power. I want to remind you today of the scriptures that tell us that nothing is too hard with God, that nothing is impossible with God. I think one of the things that we will come to fresh awareness of when we get to heaven is the mighty power of Almighty God. 
And whatever you're looking at in your life right now, you say, you know what, I'm not sure that this could ever change. I'm not sure that my life could ever be any different. I'm not sure that I'll ever have a bigger life. I'm not sure that I'll ever have a blessed life. I'm not sure that I'll ever be able to have a strong life. I'm not sure that I'll ever be able to get a life where I feel safe and secure and a life that's free from pain. I'm not sure that that's possible. I want to tell you, yes, it is possible because you serve a God to whom nothing is impossible, okay? And so you pray with this awareness that, yes, God cares about me and God cares about the issues that I'm facing in my life and God has the power to help me break through these curses and overcome these things that are holding me back. And then the fourth thing that Jabez believed, he believed that God was, read with me, was willing. He was willing to intervene. It's not just enough to believe that God cares and that God knows and cares about our issues, cares about us, and doesn't just have the power to help us, but he's actually willing to step down into our world and to do something that will be a response. And I want you to believe today, to expect that God is willing to help you wherever you are today to pray your way into your future. Believe God cares about me. God cares about my issues. God has the power to help me, and God is willing to help me. Amen? Do I need to say that again? I want you to, I'm not just preaching a message this morning. I'm trying to help you, okay, to get these things deep in your life. To be able to declare today, I know that God cares about me. Would you say with me together, God cares about me. Say it, come on, say, God cares about me. And then second of all, say, God cares about my issues. Say that, God cares about my issues. Come on, say my like you mean it. God cares about my issues, okay? God has the power to help me. Say it with me, God has the power to help me. And then fourthly, God is willing to help me. Declare it, God is willing to help me. Now, when you begin to pray with that kind of anticipation and expectation, you're going to see that God will do for you what he did for Jabez. There's a reason these two verses are in the Bible. The reason these two, two verses are in the Bible is so, so that we would be encouraged to pray the same kind of way that Jabez prayed. These verses are here for our instruction, for our encouragement. Jesus said something, we're just about done here today, and we're going to have communion in just a few moments, but I want to wrap up with just a few final verses. Jesus said something when he was on earth that you and I need to remember. He was talking with his disciples one day, and he made this statement in John chapter 10, verse 10. He said, the thief, talking about the devil, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's the agenda of the enemy. But he didn't stop there. He said, I have come... He said, that's what the thief wants to do. But he says, I have come so that you can have life and have it to the full. Jesus said, there's a thief that wants to diminish your life and destroy your life and steal from you and destroy you. But you need to understand that I have come so that you can have life and have it to the full. Think about that for a moment, to have life to the full. What does Jesus desire for you? Is that you would not only have life, but you would have a full life. What does a full life mean? Well, you talk about a full cup. A full cup is there's no room for anything else. It's filled with what it needs to be filled with. And Jesus looks at your life and he says, I want your life to be filled with all the good things I've planned for you. All the good things I've ordained for your life. I want to fill your life up to the full with my blessing. And that's why when we pray, we can pray with confidence because we know what God's will is. What is God's will? What Jesus told us, that you would have life and have it to the full. That's the will of God. Jesus made it very clear. So when you pray, you can pray with this absolute assurance and expectation. That's why Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. Have faith in God. 
In 1 John chapter 5, 14 and 15, the Apostle John made the, this, this powerful statement. Let me tell you a little bit about John before I read these two verses. John was one of the 12 disciples, became one of the 12 apostles. He was the one that sat beside Jesus in the night of the, in the upper room of the Last Supper. He's the one that was at the cross that took care of Jesus' mother. That Jesus said, behold your son, behold your mother. John was there at the cross with Jesus. And John was the one apostle that lived longer than any of the other 12 apostles. He lived well into his 90s. And what we know about the, the letter of 1 John, John the apostle is writing this letter, and most likely, we don't know for sure, but most likely he wrote these words somewhere in his latter days. It's very likely that John would have written these words as a 90-year-old plus man. He had lived for a long time. And so when we read these words, we're reading, yes, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We're also reading the words of a very wise old man. He's not just a young buck spouting off thoughts and ideas. He's a man that's been around with Jesus for a long time. He's 90 plus years of age and he's giving advice to us as the church. He's reminding us some things and he writes these words. He says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. Stop with me for a moment. John said, I've been around for a long time. I've walked with Jesus a long time. Let me tell you one thing I'm confident about when we approach God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Can you hear the old man saying those words? This is what I'm confident of. I'm absolutely confident that if we ask anything according to his will, we can be sure that he hears us. And then he goes on and says, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. John says, I've been confident of this. I've learned this over the years, that when you ask anything according to God's will, what is God's will for your life? that you would have a full life. Is that not true? Did Jesus say it? That if you ask anything according to God's will, He hears us, but not only does He hear us, we can have the confidence and the assurance that He will give us what we ask of Him. Dear ones, today I want to encourage you to think about your own life today as you pray and think about your future, that wherever you are today does not have to define where you'll be tomorrow. Amen? Wherever you are today, if you feel cursed or small, limited in some way, you feel as though your life has not made it to the fullness that you desire, don't you give up today. What you need to do is do as Jabez did, pray your way into a better tomorrow. Because if God answered Jabez, God will answer you. Make the decision to say, I'm done with living my life in a limited way. I'm going to come to God honestly with who and what I am. I'm going to tell God my needs. I'm going to bring some other people into my world. I'm not going to do life alone. I want to live in community. I want to be a part of supporting others and having them support me. And I'm going to expect that God's going to do something that my life is going to turn in a new direction. Dear ones, let me tell you this, and with this we'll conclude today. I believe, prophetically believe, that in this place today, that some of you, as you grab hold of this very truth that we've been talking about, these last two weekends about praying your way into your future, that two years from now or five years from now or ten years from now, your life is going to be radically different. You're going to look and say, I cannot believe what God has done with my life. And it will start today as you pray your way into your future. Because again, I'll say it one last time, if God did it for Jabez, God will do it for you. Would you bow your heads together with me as we pray? Father, thank you for your word this morning. We're grateful. 
for the opportunity we've had to study. We believe that your word is for us today. We thank you for placing in the annals of Scripture this wonderful story of Jabez, the prayer that he prayed, and the encouragement that we have to pray it as well. And I pray that today that each one of us would grab hold of this reality. Thank you for the future you planned for us, and let us pray our way out of our todays into our tomorrows, into all that you planned for us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me, and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray, and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out, and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God, and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus, I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to church-redeemer.org slash a new you. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.